Welcome to episode 15 of the Listening Brain Podcast. Welcome to the Listening Brain. I'm your host, Todd Houston. In this podcast, we explore childhood hearing loss through the lives of the parents and families who are on this journey and the professionals who serve them. Hi, it's Todd Houston. I just wanted to mention that we want you. We want you to be involved with the 3C Digital Media Network as a content creator. If you have a course in mind or a webinar, or if you'd like to start your own podcast, we would like to work with you. So go over to the 3C Digital Media Network.com website and sign up to be a content creator today. And now back to the interview. Today, I have the opportunity to interview Lynn Wood. Lynn is a nationally recognized listening and spoken language specialist with over 35 years of experience. She is an audiologist by degree and specializes in pediatric LSL auditory verbal therapy, post-cochlear implant auditory rehabilitation for children and adults, and therapy for individuals with auditory processing needs. Listen with Lynn is her online store that offers listening and spoken language tools, resources, and activities for parents and professionals. She is founder of the Auditory Verbal Center of Wheaton and was one of the first audiologists to open a practice devoted exclusively to auditory rehabilitation. And I welcome Lynn to the podcast. So, Lynn Wood, welcome to the podcast. I usually start by asking everyone to tell us a little bit about your background. So, let's start there. Sure, sure. Well, thank you for inviting me to be your guest today, Todd. And I look forward to sharing my story. Actually, my story or my background has a few chapters to unfurl. So I'll stay way back at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I did not set out to be an audiologist or an auditory verbal therapist. Rather, my career path found me. I began my freshman year at University of Akron, which, of course, is near and dear to your heart, yes. with an undeclared, <laughs> undeclared major. Mm-hmm. And one day I was chatting with a new friend about a course that she was taking, and it really perked my ears. So the next quarter, I enrolled in a class she recommended. It was an elective for me, Intro to Speech Disorders, and mm-hmm. I was hooked. Mm-hmm. So I'll skip ahead because I started that major, declared that major, And when I was in clinical practicum at the University of Akron, the speech and hearing clinic, Mm -hmm. I served mostly children with articulation disorders, and I was also part of the deaf nursery program. Back then, have you you ever heard of the deaf nursery program? I've heard it mentioned. Okay. Happened a while back. Right, exactly, a while back. Uh, Back then, the emphasis also was oral and visual access. So we would say, look, look, we point to our mouth, 
we hold an item up to our face, for example, ball, ball, all, you know, all that type of thing. So that's sort of where I was, enjoying it, thinking this was my calling. And around that time, a family of a toddler with a profound sensory neural hearing loss requested sorry, that I personally provide therapy for their daughter as an undergraduate at the University of Akron. I had never met this family, but I was unaware back then that meeting Betty and Charlie Lim would be a defining moment in my life. Mm-hmm. The Limbs were firmly committed that their daughter learned to listen and talk. Whereas my clinic supervisor, who I vividly remember, warned me that children who were deaf cannot learn to speak. Mm-hmm. And he told me that the family was in a time of denial and grief. Mm-hmm. What is really surprising to me, even still today, is that I ignored my supervisor's warning and guidance and started seeing this little girl for therapy. I don't remember exactly how that all transpired, but I became her therapist at the clinic. So I really put my faith into Betty and Charlie Lim, who in turn introduced me to Helen Beebe and mm-hmm. Doreen Pollock, pioneers in auditory verbal practice. The Lim, so this is, I was a young undergraduate, but they would have me to their home on Sunday afternoons to watch real-to-real videos of BB providing therapy. They were the first person I ever saw with a video camera. It was huge. Charlie actually went to Pennsylvania and would observe BB in therapy. We'd watch those together, and then they'd ask me to use the techniques with their daughter, Stacy. Thankfully, it wasn't too long, and I made a trip to the BB Center in eastern Pennsylvania, as obviously I was over my head. So I don't know, um, Todd, if you ever heard of something called Godwinks, but that's sort of what happened to me next that I would consider more than a coincidence. Right. So the next part of my story was Carol Flexer came to the university as a clinic supervisor while she was completing her PhD at Kent State University. Right. She, so that was, yeah, she was supervised by clinical practicum and then later became my professor in auditory rehab and audiology. The key here is that she had trained with Doreen Pollock, Mm -hmm. the auditory verbal pioneer I mentioned. And then in no time, Carol founded the auditory verbal clinic at the University of Akron. Mm -hmm. Dr. Carol Fuxer became my favorite professor who took me under her wing as an undergraduate. Then I was Dr. Flexer's graduate assistant for the next couple of years. Carol became a dear friend and continued to mentor me as I launched my career and then supervised my clinical fellowship year. So I can't express enough the gratitude I have for Betty and Charlie Lim and Carol's influence on my life. And really, when you think of it, the impact they had on the hundreds of families and children I have guided over the years. Sure. So I'm forever grateful for that. And, and of course, they have a, a daughter, Stacy. Well, yep, I'm a, yeah, I'll circle back to that. So many of you probably know um, the Lim's daughter, Dr. Stacy Lim, AUD, PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, she 
today is a professor at the Central Michigan, audiology professor at Central Michigan University. She's authored lots of publications and research, research on cochlear implantation, auditory verbal therapy, language and literacy de- development. So her parents were right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so sort of back to my story. In Akron area, I was clinical audiologist at a couple medical centers, rehab, facility, rehab facilities, and back then I had Ohio teacher certification. So I also served um, the role of an educational audiologist in a regional special education center. I wasn't sure if I was going to share this, but I'll, I'll go ahead. During this time, I met Mr. and Mrs. Bilderback and their preschool daughter, Carrie who I saw for audiology and auditory verbal therapy. Mm-hmm. Today, of course, this is your dear friend, Dr. Carrie Spangler, yes. who's an educational audiologist and recently launched a podcast with you. That's right. So it takes a village. I was only Carrie's first auditory verbal therapist because then my story took a new twist. And that is in 1987, so we're talking back to the day there, my husband's company moved their world headquarters from Akron, Ohio to Chicago. So we relocated to the Chicago suburbs with our two-year-old daughter, and I accepted a clinical audiology position at a large ENT practice. Mm -hmm. Then in no time, my friend, Dr. Daniel Ling, ring a bell, the Ling Six Sounds, referred a family to me for auditory verbal therapy from Southern Illinois, which is about four hours away. They would drive on Friday evenings, stay at a hotel, and I'd see them for therapy on Saturday mornings. Soon, Marion Ernst, another auditory verbal therapist from Denver, sent one of her families who recently moved to Wisconsin. They would drive from Wisconsin for me to see them for therapy. And I saw these families at my kitchen table. So, you know, I just think it's really important to note the commitment of these families that I mentioned. They really, all the four families I mentioned, really their commitment for wanting to to develop and use listening and spoken language. But um, I should mention that I did not receive a warm Illinois welcome. I was warned, and I remember vividly today, I quote, that I was doing a disservice to deaf children. Mm-hmm. I was reminded over and over that Illinois was a TC state. This went on for a while. I continued to pick up new families. This went on for a while, but people began to notice that children were listening and speaking for themselves and entering the mainstream, as we used to say. Right. About that time, So maybe around 1990, cochlear implants were FDA-approved for kids, which really moved the needle for listening and spoken language opportunities. So so the next step, I resigned from clinical audiology, which really I thought I'd never do, but I established what is today the Auditory Verbal Center of Wheaton. Mm -hmm. And here today, I specialize in listening and spoken language, auditory verbal therapy. I also provide post-cochal implant um, rehab for children and teens. And um, I 
guide family or guide individuals with auditory processing needs. So sort of fun little fact, I was one of the first audiologists in the nation to open a practice devoted exclusively to auditory rehabilitation. Well, that's quite an accomplishment. Well, (laughs) it's more, all these things came together. And when you look back, the effect of it all, it's not that I planned to start an auditory verbal practice. I, you know, all these things, just, I said, they're God wings that, you know, I, I look back and um, how I fell into audiology, how, you know, I met the limbs, how I met Carol Flexer, but all these, you know, some people would say I was just at the right place at the right time. But what I say is I'm so thankful I listened. So, um, yep, exactly. I, I think we all, you know, have those moments where you feel like this is where I was supposed to be, Mm -hmm. you know, happened uh, in a certain way that sort of led me in this direction. And I have, you know, similar kinds of things that have happened to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I admire about your story is, you know, a lot of these people are still, I mean, Carol has retired, still quite active and out there um, on the lecture circuit. Sure. Presentations and, of course, continuing to publish and write books and things like that. Uh, so she's still mentoring. And, mm-hmm. and, and the limbs are still uh, here in the Akron area. And uh, they formed what was called Natural Communication Inc. I, my, my husband did the first logo <laughs> for that group. So I was still here, still there when that launched, but not for very long. But right. Mm-hmm, sure. I, I don't think they're as the group is as active, but I think they definitely want to try to revitalize that. In fact, mm-hmm. I, think I just saw something from Stacy not too long ago on social media. On mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. saying, you know, what can we do to kind of revitalize this? Right, right. So I would, you know, I'm hoping if you know, be happy to work with them if that's something that they right. decide yeah. to take on or if Stacy decides to take on. I'll say something about that. They published one or two, well, they used to do videotapes showing some of the kids in Akron Air Natural Communication, published a great book that actually told stories mm-hmm. of some of the kids I saw for therapy. But Stacy would have to maybe tell you, but I would say probably about five or six years ago, there was a natural communication um, reunion and they met at a like party center or whatever. And I was invited. I don't remember why I didn't come, Mm -hmm. but they, um, put a video and I was able to join remotely and watch the presentation and things like that. Mm -hmm. And while I was sitting in my office watching this, I think it was on a Sunday, I got a knock at the door. I went to the door and here they delivered flowers to me. Oh, and nice. then um, Jessica Hengley, I don't know if you know her, but it's a girl that I saw for therapy, of course, an adult now. She made a nice announcement and um, sort of included me in that celebration. So I was very humbled and grateful for that opportunity. So it would be nice for them to get back and um, you know, be a great support group. With lots yeah. of background experience. So. Very much so. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my, my good friend, uh, Denise Ray. Oh, of course. <laughs> she was one of my very first 
professors and good friends. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You know the dynamic duo between you know, Denise and Carol, and what right. impact that they had together here at Akron and in the community, and really around the state and throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Denise retired uh, yes. years ago, but then she came back uh, part time, and she was she and I've been able to work together, and now she has, uh, as of last fall, officially retired a second time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she mm-hmm. to right. do things, and so yeah, no, she's she was, she was a very important part of my story. She had recently graduated from the University of Akron. I don't know exactly the time period, then came back as a, I think she was first a clinical supervisor, but I worked with her all through undergraduate and graduate school and um, learned immense amounts. And I consider her a good friend of mine today. So yeah, exactly. Really over the years, I have really guided and coached remarkable families. Mm -hmm. I have so many stories celebrating children with hearing loss who use listening and spoken language to reach their full potential, but I'm really proud of, um, proud and humbled of the many f- people that I've seen for therapy or their siblings or family members who have actually chosen to give back and today are audiologists and speech pathologists. To me, that is, you know, the icing on the cake. That, and I, I think we're seeing so many more individuals with hearing loss that are now audiologists. I have a gal, um, that I saw for therapy that just left for college and that's, she's declaring that as her major. But I have a couple um, cousins. I have one sister, I guess two sisters that would come and sit in therapy over the years and decide that's what they want to do. So hopefully it's fun to be part of their story too. Well, let, let me ask you something. Sure. You in your journey, uh, you were just a, a maybe just a four or five years ahead of me in a sense of, of the, your your progress there of uh, becoming uh, educated about auditory verbal therapy and practice mm-hmm. uh, beginning mm-hmm. clinician. You know, back in those days, it seemed you know we were the minority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was um, fighting some uphill battles, and and it's not that. Uh, we're not continuing to fight the uphill battle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you th- What do you think is the challenge today? When you look at training of individuals, getting people certified, getting this this uh, intervention approach or or way of life, as some people refer mm-hmm. to, sure, sure, language, auditory, verbal. What do you think the challenges are today versus? when we went through that process? Well, um, I was thinking you were going to say, what do I see as challenges today? And then you said versus. So let me think about that a second. Or, yeah. or you can answer it either way. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Well, let me go with my first train of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have the opportunity. I've done quite a bit of consulting to rub shoulders with um mm-hmm people on this journey or young providers and things like that. And um, I don't mean to point out, I guess I'll change it. What I really feel that I see is necessary mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing some individuals that really have not really seeked and investigated and 
really understanding the science, the mm -hmm. research, the practice of auditory verbal therapy. There is so much history from where we've been and where we're going that I think to be successful, if you, you, you just can't jump in and say, oh, I'm going to not use vision. I'm going to use hearing and I'm doing auditory verbal therapy. So I feel that that is just something that I, I see there's like a, a missing gap of people that just don't have that knowledge they, they need. That I feel so grateful that my background is audiology, that, um, you know, these individuals really need to know a lot about audiology, hearing technologies, speech right. acoustics, and um, you know, are sort of, sort of missing that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if I'm answering. I, I, I do have some suggestions. You would ask me to sort of think about some things that I would recommend sure. for, for mm -hmm. people that are in, in this field. And those would be two of the big things, you know, seek to investigate and learn the science and research, know a lot about hearing technology. Um, one of the things that I really, um, when I've coached different individuals is um, they begin with the learning to listen sounds and stay with the learning to listen sounds for way too long. But the importance of moving on and beyond to quickly build listening and spoken language skills. You know, time is ticking. That, right. um, and I think that sometimes because people learn about the learning to listen sounds and there's even confusion with the ling sounds, and, but they don't know what to do next. Right. And um, I don't mean to be globally, but that, that's a, a, something that I find um, is something people really need to do. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, really defining um, parent coaching skills. Oh, yeah. That, you know, we may know listening and spoken language, we may know audiology, but, you know, we've got to remember parents know their child best. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's all about parent choice. Mm -hmm. So, um, I had a conversation just about a week ago about a family who told um, a family that I met online that was so excited that their um, daughter was doing listening spoken language and seeing an auditory verbal therapist. And the mom sent me a video clip of her husband teaching her signs. And, um, you know, that led to, didn't know that, <laughs> that, you can't work on audition and work in vision at the same time. So, you know, hopefully I made a little bit of a impact or made them question their type of thing. But at the bottom, no matter what I said or what I thought or what I, how I guided them at the end of the day, it's parents choice. And that's just so important to, to remember that and things like that. Um, I would say targeting self-advocacy from a really young age is essential. Mm -hmm. So I start that with little ones. We make um, lemon lemonade when they're really, really tiny and start talking about how you can make something sour sweet. And that's a whole other topic. But right. we begin about, you know, sometimes there's things that happen that are not good or positive or whatever, but how you can turn it around. Um, mm -hmm. Over the years, I've, have the opportunity to work with a lot of school age kids that I didn't see when they were younger and almost all those children from other programs, um, educational programs, 
don't have the self-advocate skills they need. But I think that really makes or breaks a successful, you know, you can start young, but they need those tools when they're, you know, growing on, going on and things like that. Right, um, right. I guess I'm sort of thinking off the cuff. The, the other thing is um, I've seen, I said, people sticking with the listening and spoken language sounds for much too long. The mm-hmm. other one, I've had people contact me and say, I have a young child. They're profoundly deaf. They're not getting implanted for six months. I don't know what to do with them. Right. And that breaks my heart because we need to start working on activities, guiding the parents mm-hmm. for things that can be building that auditory brain. So once they're turned on, you're flying. That's so, right. You know, that, that's something, um, you know, being lifelong learners that's in right. all these areas. I mean, you and I both have been around the block and we're, you know, I feel like I'm learning something new all the time. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, did that answer sort of some of the things you were thinking about. Yeah, you did. You did. Okay. I do think, you know, I do see, you know, there, there are more people now than say 25 years ago. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Are in university settings that have some, training or maybe they're even certified ABTs or, or uh, AB eds and they, they know what to do. They're Mm -hmm. training the next generation. Sure. Sure. It's been an an, an improvement, but um, I do think that in, you know, and I'll, I'll pick on speech language pathology since that's what, you know, I am. (laughs) I do think that, you know, years ago, ASHA, you may recall, required you to get so many clock hours in all the different areas. Right, yes. Even when I was doing my master's, I remember you had to get, you know, 20 or 25 clock hours in oral habilitation. Mm-hmm. You had to get, you know, so many in this, and, you know, it just it was all laid out. Yeah, I forgot about that, but you're right. <laughs> Today, it's not quite the same. They have to get, uh, you, know, the same, you know, I think 400 clock hours now, but you can combine a lot of those areas. So it's more child speech, child language. Uh, and so they don't sort of divide it up in those subcategories. Mm-hmm. So the point there is that, you know, a child, I mean, it's, excuse me, a grad student could go through their whole clinical training uh, and, and never see a child with hearing loss mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because of they've gotten all those child speech and child language hours with other other kids, mm-hmm. uh, other populations. And so that does concern me where we've made, I think, some very huge strides in some areas of getting more faculty with, right. the, you know, the, the, the programs that don't have that faculty member that has an interest in this area, those individuals, those uh, training programs and, and those mm-hmm. graduate students may may not ever hear of the different ways to work with mm-hmm. hearing loss or have the experience or the practicum experience. I mean, they may get some information on different modalities and, you know, methodologies and things like that, but right. in terms of just real training, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like we take three steps forward and two steps back, you know, it's right. constant right. sort of back and forth where we make some strides in some areas and then we have to, keep pushing it in other areas. Um, Right, right, yeah. It's interesting, I was on Friday in a a meeting, sort of just 
three of us got together. One is a LSL AVAD, one is a LSL mentee now. Mm-hmm. And um, the AVT ad just moved to a new school district. Mm-hmm. And she was very, um, not what you say, really needed help because she is now working with a new population, all um, online, virtually. Mm-hmm. And she said, none of the families know how to check technology. Uh. And how, so we tried to brainstorm, you know, how she was going to sort of do catch up, how she was going to do that remotely, how to get, there wasn't really parent education and things like that. So I don't know, we talked probably an hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we exactly solved things, but I think that's what, you know, like you said, a lot of this is missing, but at the same time, there's a lot of people trying to um, go back and catch up and, and do the next right thing. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And even from an audiological perspective, audiology perspective, it's, you know, it's how much uh, training does the typical AUD student get in pediatrics you mm-hmm. know, or mm-hmm. even auditory verbal or, you know, listening spoken language where it may, it may be other philosophies. Right. I remember not long ago, I had a, a family in Utah uh, who connected with me because I used to be there, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. I remember. And uh, and they were told, you know, this has been in the last few years, you know, I mean, relatively, relatively recently. Mm-hmm. Child, you know, born profoundly deaf would never talk and mm. to go to the school for the deaf. And they wanted mm-hmm. to, in a sense, is that true kind of thing? Not really sure. an opinion per se. But I said, well, no, I mean, there's, I mean, that is an option for you, but right, right. the other way that you could go with that. And, and, and so I'm thinking, you know, this is someone who wasn't, you know, a, rel- a fairly, you know, maybe five to six years out audiologist out of, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. should have known better. I mean, I right. have cochlear implants now, newborn hearing screening, all these things. And they're telling families that, you know, this isn't possible. I mean, like, oh my. Where was he, mm-hmm. audiologist, when that lecture was happening or right. what was going on? You wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, he totally didn't, you know, counsel these families about what options would be available to them. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Like, again, you think you, you've, we've solved that problem and you have to, no, nope, you know, one got through and didn't know. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. Exactly. <laughs> this exactly. depends. Right. Right. So, Todd, you and I are both pretty active on social media. I was going to talk to you about that. <laughs> well, I'll say something. You're welcome to talk to me about that. But um, I've had lots of opportunities, and I sort of consider one of my missions now is I get all sorts of people, you know, messaging me about questions or do you know this or can you help me with that? And um, so I'm busy doing that these days and hopefully making a difference type of thing. Um, I don't know if this is the time. I, I did start almost a year ago uh, listening with Lynn, a little store with LSL games and resources and activities that um, really are for parents, but a lot for professionals. They all include listening tips and they're very auditory based. So it might be an activity, but it really helps guide and coach a professional how to make that um, to really grow the auditory brain. I guess type of thing. So, um, and I try to do that my social media too type of thing. But 
yeah, what were you going to ask me? Well, I was just going to ask you to talk about all these other uh, endeavors that you okay. have started <laughs> and were doing and, uh, and beyond just your practice there right. uh, in Wheaton, but uh, you are very active, as you as you mentioned, and you have uh, some new things happening. And, and yeah. I, I, see, I, I don't know how you have the time to develop all the stuff that you do develop because it's like, you know, all these different posts that come out and different activities and different materials that are available. Uh, it's very, very impressive. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, um, yeah, I'm passionate about our field. I guess I caught that from the families and Carol early on and Denise Ray too. I guess I need to add her. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done quite a bit of consulting over the years with cochlear with adult auditory rehab materials, advanced bionics. Um, mm-hmm. I am working with BioSpeech, a company right now um, with the NIH grant for an auditory rehab app. Actually, with audiobooks type of thing. Um, But I have for years wanted to start to make therapy resources. It's just, I, Hmm. you know, things are a little bit different now with teletherapy, but I love children's literature. I love games and activities. I love all those types of things. Mm -hmm. So um, last September, so it's been almost a year, I launched a new business, Listening with Lynn. Mm -hmm. And I sort of like um, C.S. Lewis's words. You were never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. Yeah. Yeah. But it's um, the whole production element of it has been um, more involved. I sort of thought it would be, Oh, you just have an idea and you put it together. Mm -hmm. But I do. um, It's important for me to put the training elements into that. So a lot of um, resources that maybe just here's the activity, but I do include Mm -hmm all that type of thing. Um, and my Listen with Lynn store is online and it is on the Teachers Pay Teachers website, which sort of like, awesome. why are you on that? But basically, it's a website that has um, all different kinds of um, creator mm-hmm. resources, anything from, of course, speech pathology, audiology, OTPT, uh, mental health counseling, there's a lot of different resources and they do a beautiful job um, helping with the business end of it or whatever like that. Right. So, um, you know, my goal of the Listen with Lynn is it's a growing suite of um, downloadable tools and resources for parents and professionals. Um, and my goal is really to help, hope my resources help or assist making the listening and spoken language journey, you know, easier for many. My my goal really quick is to um, there is to start making things for younger for babies and and on and on like that. I feel there's a lot of resources out for little ones, so I haven't really um, focused on that as much. Um, mm-hmm. And over the years, I like I said, I've seen a lot of kids that come in at school age. I recently saw a, a high schooler that needs to go back and fill in all these gaps and things like right. that. Versus, honestly, a lot of the kids that I've seen as babies, they don't need that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's some of that. I would say I'm really proud of um, Vocal Vision. I don't know if you've heard of that, Tom. Yeah. Todd. Um, Vocal Vision is a teletherapy company, and they partnered with um, my Listen With Lynn store. I was contacted by them. But now if you go, um, if you're one of their providers, a speech pathologist or a teacher of the deaf, 
many of my resources are found in their provider toolbox. So they really wanted to make sure that their providers um, had tools to work from that were helpful or quality or whatever like that. And even though I've consulted with advanced bias in the past, I've recently partnered with them in the very near future, you'll be able to access um, a few of my Listen With Lynn resources in the listening room. That's awesome. That will be, yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, I would say that's, you know, I'm spending a lot of time with that. Probably I'm not doing as much therapy as I used to. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing some therapy and really my goal is the the listen with Lynn right now. So about 50-50, I would say. And Mm -hmm. I think I'll stick with that. Um, My husband was fortunate enough to take early retirement about three years ago. So I like the flexibility of being able to do life, do what, you know, sort of do what I want to be doing right now, but at the same time being really involved in our field. And social media has been a blast. I started a Facebook page sort of as a whim years ago and a blog, I think it was 2014. My oldest daughter was doing a blog when she got married. I thought, oh, I'll try this. Mm-hmm. And um, it got contagious. I need to go back and get a lot of my old blogger things and put on my Hearsay LW website today. Sure. But um, yeah, that's just sort of how I tick. I, I am a lifelong learner and mm-hmm. I like to help other people, I guess you'd say. So it's what I'm passionate about. So, I think that's yeah. wonderful. I, I, I feel like I've done lots of, do- we're yeah, sort of doing listen to Lynn today rather than listen with Lynn. <laughs> but, well, that's yeah. great. I mean, I, you know, I think for me, you know, on, on a more personal and professional sure. level, I think, um, I think we both are at that point in our, our careers and our, you know, professionally that we love what we've done and been, mm-hmm. but we also want to see what else is out there. Yes. And, and yes. have some other challenges. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. That, you know, nothing that we're doing now isn't great and wonderful but it's just you want some different things to mm-hmm. you know to to you know like you're saying grow in some different ways and, and right. develop some different skills and knowledge mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that's part of why you know frankly you know friends and i you know set up this you know 3c digital right yeah and um and doing podcasting and uh, we're going to be doing other things with our website and with our company so uh it's the same kind of thing you know i still love teaching my students and working i still do two days a week at children's mm-hmm. working with kids in the clinical setting and so i love that sure but i also love doing these other things because mm-hmm. it's exciting it's different it's something i've not done before and mm-hmm. you just continue to grow Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very like-minded like that. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. That's exciting. Exactly. Well, you, ma- you mentioned a couple of things uh, okay. that have coming up. How can people get in touch with you to learn more about what you're doing, to get access to your resources? How sure. would you want people to, to contact you? Right. I would say um, I have a website, and it's pretty easy. It's here say lw.com. So on that website, I have a a brief, a little bit of my my story, but there is a link there to listen with Lynn. So that's the name of my store. Um, My blog has information too, but that's so here say lw is where I begin. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my store is Listen with Lynn, and that's on the Teachers Pay Teachers website. I do feel if you even Google Listen with Lynn, that information will come up. So it shouldn't be too much of a challenge to find that um, information. Yeah, the Listen with Lynn, I have quite a few um, free resources on, um, you know, Ling sounds, um, some different seasonal things. I have a resource on experience books for families. And I sort of have um, things, experience books, how I used to know them. But of course, they can be done online. Um, I should have looked, but I have um, some self-advocacy resources. A lot of my resources are um, available for digital. So you can share them on a screen. Um, education, sort of a wide a gamut of information. And um, so I would say, you know, go on, listen with Lynn, find information there, and then follow me on social media. So um, I am on Instagram. I think it's Lynn A. Wood, LLS, Auditory Verbal Therapist, something like that. I should have looked that up. Mm-hmm. And I am on Facebook with my same name as mm-hmm. well. So that's a business page. So yeah, I'd love for people to um, follow, join, ask me questions. I love DMs and things like that. So um, I'm in the process. I used to have a very active Pinterest page with lots of people have told me over the years, oh, I just go on that and find what I want to do for therapy. Not the best, but I'm in the process of, well, contemplating how to update that and make that the most efficient. Pinterest has changed a lot of um their parameters and things like that. So, yeah, so I love sharing what I do in the therapy that I provide each week and um, give new ideas and share other people's brilliant resources and ideas. Well, that's so, awesome. And, and yeah. be careful what you wish for because hopefully you'll get even more yeah. after this. And uh, Good. For Good. the millions and millions of listeners that we have on the podcast. That's wonderful. <laughs> Well, listen with Lynn. That's me. So Awesome. Well, thank you for being with us today. And I wish you nothing but continued success and all these different uh, endeavors that you are, are doing right now. It's just all very, very exciting. So good luck. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me as your guest. I appreciate that. And I look forward to keeping in contact and continuing to learn and share together. Well, that was a real joy for me. I Love speaking with Lynn and really hearing more about her professional journey, how she became a listening and spoken language specialist, and learning more about all of these creative outlets, the materials and other resources that she has available to you. Please, if you are in search of things to do with children with hearing loss, or maybe there's a child with a speech and language delay, Check out what Lynn has, and you may be able to find some really great materials that uh, you can use. And so, if you don't mind, we would also like for you to leave us a five-star review. If you do that, that helps us to attract new subscribers, helps us to grow the program, and that's what it's all about, is getting information to the people that need it. And with that, as always, thank you for listening. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.